0: The 630Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630Chad.
1: A few things that we wanted to talk uh, with our next guest about. The relaunch, how the city is faring with it all, and on a totally different topic, uh, a plan to build supportive housing in this city. It's something that Ward 6... Councillor Scott McKean has been pushing for for ages now. He says he's fed up with a lack of action from the province when it comes to supportive housing. So he says it's time to get the job done another way, and he has a plan. Hey, Scott, welcome back to the show.
0: Great to be here, Jalen.
1: All right, so tell me, um, before we get to the supportive housing plan, tell me about uh, Phase 1 and what's going through your mind today.
0: Well, I think, you know, for all of us, um, there's concern. Um, certainly, I was just on a, a conference earlier that talked about how some jurisdictions in the world opened up and then saw the COVID rates uh, increase again. So, man, I hope we can do this carefully, cautiously, and people can be responsible. Businesses can be diligent, and we won't see the sort of spike again because, the you know, man, that would be hard psychologically on all of us to have Uh to close down again and isolate. So I just, you know, I guess uh, my plea to everybody is, uh, let's do this with tremendous uh, concern for ourselves and for others, whether that means wearing masks, making sure we're social distance, and the businesses to make sure they're doing everything they can to sanitize between um, visits, that sort of thing. So my fingers and toes are all crossed (laughs) on this for sure.
1: (laughs) Scott, can you kind of pull back the curtain a little bit for us on just what it's been like at City Hall over the past two months, having to make these tough decisions that have been made, having to try to juggle the very tough financial situation that the city finds itself in. What has that been like?
0: Difficult, you know, and I was just thinking back to a conversation I had a few months ago with a, with a statue on the phone and the woman said that I was obviously wrong for politics. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, so I've always, you know, I've been very open about my history with, uh, my mental health journey. And, you know, yep. I am, I'm one of those folks that, uh, will admit to being vulnerable and a, a sensitive person. Uh, so all of that, I feel a tremendous burden of responsibility at all times. Uh, but right now, um, feel that acutely. And I, I think often of our senior administration at the city, they're sort of running the show day to day and they're making decisions uh, for the health and safety of Edmontonians day to day. And some of them are really unpopular. Like, you know, we had uh, the off-leash dog parks closed and we we all got flooded with email. I think all the (laughs) city council members and my, my response was always. You know, uh, I just got to ask you, put yourself in um, Adam Laughlin's shoes as the city manager and him making those decisions and having to make those decisions on behalf of everybody, knowing that some people could get infected and, and if there's enough infections yeah. that some people will actually die from that. That is a huge personal responsibility on that we've put on our senior administration at the city, and I think they've done an incredible job, and they really um, they really do care. We've seen Adam uh, tear yeah. up a couple times, you know, around yeah. the layoffs and such. So, you know, I, I always try to make that uh, point to people, you know, elected officials, they don't suddenly become a different species once they're in office, that we have uh, days where we're very frustrated and angry and days where we're uh, beaten down and, and saddened. By all of this, because there's, you know, people in our in our wards, people in our city, some of them are really hurting whether there's a pandemic or not. And, yeah. you know, we all, you know, Jaylen, I know you're sharing this. We just want to we want a city where people are healthy and relatively happy and have opportunity that's it absolutely
1: absolutely um scott I'm, i'm curious to know about um do we know any timeline of maybe when the city employees that have been laid off might be coming back to work
0: so a lot of those were uh that initial wave were around um those community facilities libraries and recreation facilities a lot of that so when does the day come that we're uh, going to feel safe to allow people to um, sweat next to each other or change in a, in, a, in a shower room next to each other? I don't know. Um, you know, we're all, uh, I think, hoping for I think, you know, if we get um, some good news on on vaccines or on better mm-hmm. treatments, I think we'll all start to relax a little bit more, too, if it truly was the flu, uh, where we knew that there were decent treatments, you could take antivirals and they were going to work, Uh, then I think we can all start to relax a bit more and start to reopen everything and get those people back to work.
1: Man, it's tough. We know that the the city is in a really difficult situation financially right now. I know calls have been made for some some help. How bad is the situation and uh, what does it mean moving forward here in the coming months?
0: Well, you know, the the, the scariest number was given the closure of a number of our facilities and given... Um, we're not charging for transit. the The worst case scenario was about two hundred sixty million dollars short of revenue by the end of the year. And and I, if memory serves, a one percent increase in property taxes across the board raises about fifteen million. So you <laughs> can imagine how impactful that would be to all. That that would that would require incredible amounts of shutdowns of service and layoffs of people or, and we can't go to Edmontonians and ask them for a 10% increase in their taxes. That would be Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And I would have to go for plastic surgery so nobody could (laughs) recognize me. Shave my mustache off, Um, (laughs) but yeah. So, you know, we're struggling through all of this and we're keenly aware that there are people out of work. There are people being infected with this, um, this, a horrible new illness and so that's who we're focused on you know i think we want to make sure that there's still um ability you know the federal government has a lot of responsibility we city governments don't do income transfers per se because we just don't have the tax tools to do that but you know we we i just want us to continue to look after each other and that you know i've donated some money and i'm sure your listeners have too, whether that's to the United way or the food bank, just ways to make sure that, uh, our neighbors in this, in this community aren't going hungry. You know, that would just be horrific to think of that. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of stress, but I don't, you know, I don't want to claim to have any more stress than, than the parents out there who maybe have been laid off work. Uh, we're all going through this and I just, If i could offer any sentiment and i i mean it as sincerely as as i can that we're in this together and and if people need help i think one of the most courageous things people can do in their lives is ask for help
1: Um, without
0: a doubt because we're 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 raised especially in this culture and context to believe in in um, individual achievement and individual success and you Succeed or fail on your own merit and your own work ethic. That's there's a lot of truth in that, and there's a lot of truth in personal responsibility. But I always I always say to people I believe strongly in personal responsibility. But part of my personal responsibility is help those that need some help. And and right now there's a lot of people who need some help.
1: Well, you know, without a doubt, I you know I I think it's going to be. Um Eye-opening to watch um, when we're able to track some numbers coming forward in the in the in the coming months when it comes to um, mental health issues, about suicide, all of that sort of stuff. That's that's directly related to what we've been going through for the past few months, and um, I, I I think that um, that's going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people, and it's going to be an opportunity, unfortunately, for people to say, okay, how can we how can we prepare for possibly the next time and what can we do better? Because I think we're going to have to do better.
0: Well, I'm going to repeat what I said. The most courageous thing anybody can do is ask for help. Yeah. And there are a lot of people struggling right now with anxiety and depression, uh, probably over-drinking um, to compensate. And and I, my wish for those people is that they do um, find someone. Uh, or, or reach out to the through the medical system or to a psychologist and get some help. Often, you know, the when you if you find somebody and you can unload, that can be one of the most liberating uh, things you can do, and you'll you'll feel better with that. You're containing and keeping in all this stress and anxiety and and fear uh, of the future. Um, and if you're drinking alcohol to compensate, that's a depressant in and of itself. It's a, it's a, dysfunctional, um, it's a dysfunctional way to deal with it, although Lord knows uh, I did. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I, you know, find someone please. Um, you, uh, the support line is another option. Uh, Canadian Mental Health Association uh, phoning in through to them. I mean, um, I, I have been there. I know what it's like. I had an anxiety disorder that led into depression that led to me um, self-medicating with alcohol, and I've been off that for 13, 14 years now. And I'm really, you know, uh, other than being still a pretty sensitive guy, and I have, my, <laughs> I have my days, I'm pretty happy, you know, and I've done pretty well. And, and that was only because I, uh, I asked for help. And I, and I got help. And a lot of people were willing to help. But when I started to tell my story, so many people came up to me and told me theirs. And there's we have okay. this quiet epidemic of anxiety and depression and substance use out there, dysfunctional substance use out there. And it's a quiet epidemic because we still have stigma. And, and you know, we're, it, that's a real hard thing to deal with where people uh, comfortably talk about their mental health issues. And they seem to... It even seems to be part of the um, part of the whole um, the disorder itself as is you isolate. Yeah, and y- so asking for help is really important.
1: All right, uh, Ward 6 City Councilor Scott McKean joining me this afternoon. wanted to talk to him uh, about the relaunch, which we've done, and I want to talk to him about a plan for supportive housing that he has uh, come up with. Uh, Scott, I understand you just, it must feel like you're pounding your head against the wall trying to get some supportive housing done uh, here in the city. So you're saying, okay, I've come up with a different idea. Can you tell us about it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. See, yeah, I was frustrated at, in government, and I would say, uh, including the municipal level. I, you know, I, I was, I am, was, I said I was frustrated with the Kennedy government. <laughs> I just want to say that I understand that the Kenny government is extremely constrained. It was extreme uh, constrained um, in its budget before COVID, and now is extremely constrained. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I hope they take my frustration with with that understanding. I I understand the position they're in. So government has struggled to get supportive housing built. And um, so what I've done and what we're doing is we're organizing a workshop. Unfortunately, we're going to have to do it virtually now. Um, We're just going to bring in a bunch of private sector folks. I've talked to some already um, and they're quite keen. And so the idea is they're going to have ideas. On how to build these um, uh, projects more efficiently, uh, at less expense, quicker, and they'll have other ideas. Uh, you know, looking for creative ways to finance uh, the projects. Um, that's what I'm hoping, and I'm you know the what has happened is uh, after the inevitable. Uh, Scott Johnson of 630 Ched did his story. We've had a bunch of people uh, emailing in that want to come from the private sector. So we have oh. this, we have this really, like I think generally speaking, our uh, business community has a big heart and yeah. they're great city builders. Um, and, and what we have here is an issue that is affecting, so, you know i don't know the numbers are around two thousand homeless i think that's a bit low um at any time is about 500 people sleeping outdoors sleeping rough and they're mentally ill uh, many of them they're um, uh dependent on substances many of them they live their lives so they're you know uh, they're um not clean cut looking people walking down the street and they get treated by society badly at every turn, you know, told to uh, get off people's property with probably some pretty colourful language maybe dozens of times a day. So these people have been... um, They've been affected and changed and altered, and they were already probably affected by, as I said, mental illness or early childhood um, trauma. Uh, And so these people uh, and, and their lives all sorts of side effects that impact communities we've had you know fires in the river valley as they sleep outside we know the business communities chinatown um white avenue downtown stony plain road beverly every one of these business associations came before council over the last couple years and said um we're having problems uh when you have uh homeless people in the area and they're panhandling or they're maybe they're passed out on the sidewalk that's people see that and they may never come back to that business area so it's it's a huge huge problem for for businesses for communities and let's not forget for the 2000 or so people who are you know they're edmontonians yeah and and i i will i will put together any and for anybody who wants to argue with me i would put together a strong argument that it was bad luck that they ended up on the street. It was either the genetics they uh, were uh, given or the family they were born into or the circumstances of their life. And when we do have ex-military, uh, yep. homeless on the streets in Edmonton. Um, and so, so we should, if, and if we looked after them, I, you know, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I think there's millions, if not tens of millions of dollars we spend every year on police, paramedics, firefighters, uh, bylaw officers cleaning up homeless camps, and then the courts, and then the hospitals, um, dealing with folks who, if they were put in proper supportive housing, there's one in the ward I represent, a place called Ambrose Place, yeah, where they they've taken people who are homeless for decades. And, and living with uh, mental illness issues and all that trauma uh, from their childhood and from living on the streets. And they those people, their humanity returns.
1: And you know what scott i'm scott i'm almost out of time here i'm pretty much out of time here yeah. but you're right i mean the the financial implications here are huge and we know in this in this city that sometimes all you have to do is put the ask out or say let's come up with a better way and a plan to do it and that's what you've done so at the end of the month you're hoping to get everyone together and maybe you know start just fleshing it out a little bit will you keep us updated on what happens
0: yeah i was just going to say please have me back in a couple months or three months jailing and hopefully we'll have some good news.
1: I would love that Scott have yourself a good weekend okay thanks for this. Thank you. Yeah, you betcha. Scott McKean, Ward 6 City Councilor, uh, talking about the relaunch uh, uh, that we're in right now and this plan that he has for supportive housing. You know, putting a call out to the business community to get a plan in place and long term uh, the belief that um, economically this will be better because, as you heard, you know, police, bylaw, health care, just the cost that goes in there um, dealing with. Um, you know, the vulnerable population could be better served, and likely um, the the cost drop down dramatically if these people have a place to call their own.